Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. And welcome back to the show. Joining us right now is Walter Shupi, who is in studio. Hi, Walter. Hi, Lisa. So, Walter, uh, and I want you to get a little closer to the mic, please. So, Walter, uh, my understanding is that you have a project called Faces of Freedom, and it began a couple of years ago to express gratitude to members of the U.S. military. Can you explain what that is? What's that about? Uh, well, the Faces of Freedom is is, uh, is a project that I came up with because um, uh, when I turned 60, I looked back and I said, gee, I've had a pretty good life, but I didn't have to make... Uh, any really significant sacrifices like the people in the military did. And um, I thought, well, gee, uh, what what could I ever do to show my gratitude or pull my weight in that regard because it's too late to enlist. But what made you think about the military specifically? You're a photographer, right? As a hobby, yes. As a hobby. What, what did you do for a living? A banker. Banker, okay. So why was the military specifically on your mind? Um, well, a... a uh, one of my wife's good friends uh, was a pilot in the Navy, and uh, he worked with the SEALs, and I got to know him, and I would ask him a lot of questions, and then I uh, I joined the board of uh, SEAL Kids, which is a, a charity that raises money for the <clears throat> uh, learning disabilities of children that are uh, of Navy SEALs. There is such a thing, huh? Yeah. Wow. And so... Uh, That's interesting. It's that and... And 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 in a uh, long interest in World War Two. So, okay, so in military history. Yeah. Yeah, and so and you're a you said you're an amateur photographer. That's correct. You love it. Yes. <laughs> so you had this idea that you would honor the veterans. It started out very simply. I, I thought that I would look for World War Two veterans. Okay. Because uh, they're would, disappearing. Because uh, they're disappearing. Yep. I would take their photo chat with them for a, sh- a little bit and I would frame the photo and give it to them no charge and uh, so it started out that way um, 
the interview aspect of it was never in my mind until I went to interview the first person, uh, Mr. Simpson in Raleigh, North Carolina. And my wife came with me. We were going to go on vacation. I said, well, we'll just run in. We'll snap a few photos. We'll be in and out in 20 minutes. Three and a half hours later, I had to say, Mr. Simpson, I could listen to these stories forever, but we, really? we have a long drive ahead of us. Wow. So I realized, well, maybe there's more to this than that. So I got a notebook. And uh, and then I then I started interviewing more people, and I couldn't write fast enough. So you I, did a recorder. And I said, use the phone. <laughs> That's right. The phone, <laughs> of course. And uh, so... Uh, over you know over time the uh, the story now is as important as the photograph I'm sure uh, and how do you find these World War two veterans Walter and, well it's not just the well I uh, it, it's expanded beyond World War two because one person who gave me a referral asked me why I was discriminating and I said what are you talking about he said why don't you talk to all veterans I said well World War two veterans are a little time sensitive he said, well, you don't have a line outside your door, do you? I said, no. So then it became open to everybody. And so I find them through uh, word of mouth. Um, if, I see, um, if I see something in a newspaper, I'll try to find them in the white pages. I'll write them a letter. <clears throat> um, I've been very fortunate to uh, make some relationships with um, some museums. There's a Museum down in Brevard, North Carolina, which is just south of Asheville. It's the uh, the uh, Veterans Museum of the Carolinas. And on, well, I was working down in Durham for a while, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just send them an email. They're never going to respond. And about an hour later, they said, sure, you'd like to talk to people? How many and what day? Wow. And I went over and talked to eight World War II people, and then another time I came back and we talked to 16 people from World War II and Vietnam, and they helped me uh, get an introduction to a fellow who was the last surviving member of the Band of Brothers, and we drove to Mississippi to interview him. And uh, I was uh, I made made uh, some inroads with the uh, Veterans Memorial and Museum out in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And so you I could just hang around at the VA in, in West Haven, <laughs> just go into the lobby. Seriously. Well, I interviewed one fellow there. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's there for, right? They're all veterans. Right. But it's it's people are not really as accepting as you might think. No? They're, no, because, you know, I'm a stranger with a with a camera and a tape recorder, and you're going to tell me your birthday and your life history, well, and the next thing you know, I could be a kook. So it usually works best when somebody says, hey, I have a friend, and mm. this is what he's done, and it gets a little bit easier now because, you know, I have 95 people on the website, so... Um, it's, yes, it's a real thing. It's, it's a real valid. thing, and and so you've got a website that memorializes your photos. Are you creating scrapbooks? Do you have like volumes of books? No, not yet. I, I've just um, I've just been looking for veterans. I've just been looking to accumulate as much raw material as possible. I see books here. <laughs> I do. I see. I see compilations of various profiles. Profiles encourage, frankly, and uh, and so when you get that. Um, opportunity to meet somebody that introduction tell me about some of the more moving stories that you've heard uh well well sometimes you know um one of the tricks through this has been how do you improve yourself as an interviewer as as i'm Mm -hmm. sure that you know the the more you do it the better you get right and uh you know the first couple of people that i interviewed i was really just recording history and they were World War II guys that had been interviewed many times, and so they had their canned spiel. 
And then it dawned on me, you know, maybe you should think outside the box. And so then when you talk to people, you're looking for the, that thread to pull on, and that leads you to something that they haven't told everybody That's else. right. And a lot of these people are very modest, so it takes a little prodding to get some good information out of them. Um, you know, one, uh, one, one fellow um, from Vietnam, uh, we were interviewing him. My wife came with me on this one. We were interviewing him. He was a terrific guy, and he was in Vietnam for nine months and became a JAG officer and very pleasant. And the only thing that I got really got from him was that when he was in Vietnam, he befriended a, a, a Vietnamese child, and he was going on leave and told him he'd bring him back a watch, but he forgot, and then he was transferred to another area, and that bothered him. And the, the other thing was that one night when they were in the jungle on patrol, he was overrun with spiders, and I said, "Wow, Phil, something else must have happened in the nine months that you were there. He goes, no, no, not really. And I kept saying, Phil, you sure that's all there is? That's, that's all you guys did? He said, well, why don't you look up um, the raid? It's uh, the raid at Bon Lan. So it's, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of books written about it. <clears throat> you can take a look at that. It's on Amazon. You can get an idea of what we've done. And we talked a little more. I said, is that it? There's nothing else that you guys done? He goes, well, there was this Operation Medina. There's information on it. You can look at that, too. So I, I went home, and I look up the raid on Bon Lan and Operation Medina. I'm like, holy Moses, these were major engagements, and now I'm looking and researching on it. He had the Bronze Star with the V for Valor. Oh, and, I called and he him didn't back even and I, tell you. And I said, Phil, I think we need to talk about the raid. Well, why? I said, because it was a big deal, and, and you got the Bronze Star. And he said, well, but I didn't really do anything. I said, Phil, the Bronze Star is not a participation trophy. They just don't hand those out for showing up. And so then we talked about it, and he got, he got very emotional because a lot of guys died. <clears throat> um, so that's you know, like one one example of you know it was kind of a surprise. And then I interviewed a a kid that uh, just came back uh, from Afghanistan. Really? He was he was 22. I didn't know anything about him mm-hmm. other than he was in the Marines, and uh, I didn't even know he was in Afghanistan when they he was part of the group out in Columbus that I interviewed. And he was telling me about his life growing up, and he joined the Marines, and he enjoyed it, but I got in trouble, and he did this, but I got in trouble. And, and then after half an hour, I'm thinking, he's only 22 years old. Yeah, how old. much where, trouble could he Where are we going with <laughs> where this? Where are we going? And then he said, and then we finally found out we were being deployed, and we were all happy. We were either going to um, Africa or Afghanistan. And then they told us we were going to Afghanistan. And then when we got off the plane, we stayed in the airport, and we had to set up a perimeter, and then we went outside the gates, and we had to keep the people back from trying to over overrun the airport. And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. This is just a few months ago. I said, did you cover the pullout? Wow. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I said, you covered the pullout? You were, you were there? Were you there for the bombing? He said, yes, we were. That was, the bombing was on Abbey Gate, and we were on East Gate. Wow. And then so then he starts talking and tells you, you know, that, um, you know, he, that around the outside of the airport, you know, they had seen a lot of bodies of dead children. It was really bothering him. And they had given instructions. The Marines had given instructions to the people that <clears throat> were trying to get in that had the right paperwork to, you know, uh, interlock arms so that they could pull them in and they didn't get separated. But it got in this one, I guess, on this one particular occasion, it got very chaotic 
and they was they were trying to pull a family in, and they got the husband and the wife, but the three kids were stuck in the crowd, and so this kid uh, ran into the crowd, and you know there was an imaginary line that the Taliban said don't cross, so but he just went into the crowd and he got the kids to pull him back, and you know there's a guy from the Taliban with a gun at the back of his head, but fortunately one of his buddies had a gun at the head of the Taliban, so that he was a you know, it was just a standoff, and he got back in. And they got the children so over to be with the parents. Yeah. That's extraordinary. We're chatting with Walter Shupi. We're going to be right back with a conversation about more veterans' faces of freedom when we return. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We're chatting with Walter Shupi. His project as a photographer, as a storyteller, is called Faces of Freedom, and he has been in the process of interviewing and photographing for free uh, over 95 veterans from around the country. Uh, Bill from Westport, did you want to join the conversation, Justin? Do we have Bill here? Is that Bill Vaughn call by any chance? That's a guess. Bill from Westport, you're on the air with Walter Shupi. Am I talking to the right Bill? Hello. Bill? That, wait, I can't hear you. Bill from Westport, are you here? Yeah, hi. Hi. Hello. Lisa. Yes. I, I just want to remind you that... Bill, Bill, can you turn your radio off, please, in the oh, background? Okay. Thank I'm, you hold so on. much. Thank Alexa, you. to uh, turn off. I'm here. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, I just want to let you remind you and maybe talk to the... Uh, what's his name, Walter? Yeah, he's right here. You can talk to him. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, that for the last, I don't know how many years now, we have been able to get a, well, not able, but happy to have a World War II veteran as our Grand Marshal for Memorial Day. And some of those people have got some stories to tell. I'd love uh, wh- to talk to all of them. And what about you, Bill? Where, where did you serve? Well, I I was in the Korean conflict, and I spent 14 months on the island, uh, the northernmost island of Japan, Hokkaido. And what During, year? What years was was that? Bill? Fifty-two to fifty-four. Okay, so were you were you part of the Korean situation, or were you like ancillary to that in a different part of the Pacific? Well, I, I, I say I spent my time on the northernmost island of Hokkaido, and we had uh, the cavalry that uh, went, went back and forth between uh, uh, Hokkaido and and, uh, and uh, Korea. Korea's kind of like the Forgotten War. 
That's the one I probably Tell me about it. Unless you watch MASH. If we watch MASH for 10 years, we remember it very well. Very, very well. But, yeah. But I know one of the ones that it was a lady that on Jane Wells was our grand marshal. And she served in World War Two, and and the day of of Memorial Day it was her hundred and fifth birthday. Yes, I know her well. She's quite a remarkable yeah. woman, and she was in the military during World War Two. She's That's an unbelievable right. woman, and she stands erect with these twinkly blue eyes, and she's amazing. <laughs> she's actually an yeah. amazing person. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. You know. Uh, and and the one we Ben Pepper that we had this last year, uh, he he was a hundred a hundred years old on uh, the uh, day after Fourth of July, July fifth. Wow! And and he well, Bill, he has Bill. If you want to talk to Walter, I'm happy to set you up off air. If you want to leave your number with uh, Justin, who answered your call, perhaps Walter would be interested in speaking with you. Oh, definitely. Sure, I'd definitely. be glad to, talk, glad to talk to him. Okay. Thank you so much for the call, Bill. Really appreciate okay. it. Thank you. Okay. So, Walter, I wanted to ask you something. Do you see a difference, is there a difference, in the attitudes or the stories between those who were drafted for the military and those who volunteered? Do you see any kind of a difference or not really? Um, I haven't. Um, everybody who um, has served, whether they were um, drafted or they enlisted, in my experience, um, they're all patriotic. They're all glad that they did it. Um, and uh, I have not had anybody who's had anything really bad to say really? about their uh, military experience. I mean, you know, there's, there's been some people in Vietnam who, who I had one guy who uh, I asked him, would you do it again? He said, yes, no, even knowing what I know now, I'd do it again. I'm proud of my service. I'm proud of the guys that I served with. And uh, um, I'm not particularly proud of the war, but I'm, I'm proud of what we did, what we accomplished, and all the people that I served with. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Maybe the more people you interview, the more variety you'll you'll get about that. It's I think... The passage of time also mm-hmm. has people remember things differently. That's very true. That all the guys from you know World War Two. I, I, I like to ask people, "Gee, were you ever scared?" We were never scared. And That's talk, extraordinary to me. I would be quaking. <laughs> I would be. But do you, I don't think I have any great physical courage. I have uh, a big mouth, but I don't think I have any great physical courage. I don't know if I'd throw myself into a melee. I, th- I th- would think what uh, what the younger people tell you is that you know you, you've been trained, you've been trained very well. Uh, you know how to use your weapon. You know how to fall back on your training. You trust the guys that you serve with, mm. and you've drilled and drilled and drilled, and okay. you know what to do. So, Walter, because we only have a few seconds left, if people who are listening would like to contact you and tell their stories or refer you to somebody. What's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is to uh, go to go to my to the website, which is www dot faces of freedom dot us and my uh, my phone number and email address will be on there so you can call text or email and uh, I'll be sure to get right back to you and and nobody should think they shouldn't be in the uh, uh, raise their hand to be interviewed because they don't have a um, 
you know, an interesting story. Everybody has a story. You it's bet. Not just about the guy who who took the hill and you know blew up a machine gun. Lester's, you could have served and had nothing happened to you, but you have a funny story. Facesoffreedom.us. Facesoffreedom.us. Walter Shupi, thank you for coming in today. Oh, thank you. And for your work. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 